we have enough businesses now that have connected the dots for us. And all we have to do is kind of take the puzzle pieces. And I think that's why there's been a huge drive, at least from that one perspective, me coming from the tech background. I'm sure there's a couple others that I don't know. Like you said, I, I'm new to real estate development and hospitality in general. So I bet there's a ton of other factors, but that one sticks out mostly. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. In just a moment, you'll meet Tanner Cummings, co-founder and owner of Thin Spaces, a new hotel brand that's building its first micro-resort called Cypress at the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains in Jasper, Georgia. Tanner has always loved finding issues and solving problems, which is why he spent most of his professional career working in quality assurance engineering for software companies like Calendly. But in 2021, Tanner was bit by the entrepreneurial bug and he decided to join the e-commerce startup his wife Melissa founded called Cedar and Inc. And while the couple couldn't have known it at the time, this venture would ultimately inspire them to dream bigger. Tune in to hear the exciting story of why Tanner and Melissa decided to go all in on building a brand new hotel brand and what their first project, Cypress, a remarkably intentional micro-resort with luxurious and unexpected amenities will look like when it launches next year. All right, friends, without further ado, get ready to meet Tanner. All right, Tanner, we are live, my friend. Welcome to Behind the Stays, the first podcast you've ever been on. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. <laughs> well, it is a, it is an honor to have you here, man. And um, from I'm so impressed by what you're building and what you guys what you guys have been working on behind the scenes. So I I, I hope right this is your, the first of many podcasts. And when you guys when you make it. I hope folks will say, oh, I remember when Tanner went on Behind the Stays. That's where I first discovered him. That's that's my hope, man. <laughs> yes, I totally agree. <laughs> well, I want to just dive in, and I want you to take us back to the beginning. So you are the founder of a company called Thin Spaces, which is, from what I can tell, sort of like the parent company of uh, a number of different hospitality experiences that you guys are are working on on bringing to life. But can you just take us back to the the very beginning of of Thin Spaces? I know we're we're in really like the fledgling stages of the business to begin with. But where did where did the idea come from, and what can you tell us about where it's at today? Yeah, thanks. Um, so yeah, it it really wasn't anything that. Um, well, maybe I should start like. I am founder, but it's, it's wife and I, Melissa, um, we kind of have always had a passion with, um, hospitality and service. In fact, many years ago when we got engaged, we discussed what does our family represent? We, hmm. we didn't have kids, but the discussion was what do we represent? What do we value? And that comes from a huge, um, background, I, I grew up in, in ministry. My father worked ministry his whole life. Wow. Um, and then 
Melissa did, uh, she's a physician's associate for over a decade and did a lot of those, uh, like mission medical mission trips oh, wow. and she's led local missions as well. So service and, and hospitality is just kind of from hosting 30th birthdays at our house to everything. Like that's been kind of the core of us. And mm. we decided to renovate a space on our garage that's behind our house as an Airbnb. Okay. But really we did it because we had kids and we ran out of rooms in our house for our parents to come visit us. So we <laughs> renovated the space. And then I was like, why don't we list it yeah. and see what happens? We live in Atlanta. Like, you know, it's kind of busy. Like it'll probably work. And it has. Um, and that kind of got us wondering. And we were talking with uh, a friend of ours who we go to a lot of like, consultation advice from an entrepreneurial perspective. And we were like, where do you see us fitting? And he called the Airbnb out and was like, you know, I see these like prefab things. And um, he really called out a couple like, like Oud house, like beautiful structures. Mm. Um, and, and that kind of led to chasing the rabbit hole. And um, yeah, that, that kind of brought us to where we are now. Um, but there's a whole lot in there, so yeah. I'm sure we'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so you guys start by turning this back structure, like garage, into into an Airbnb. You list it. You've got this like passion for hospitality that stems really like deep into who you guys are as 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 people. Uh, it's it's still a little unclear. Like, how do you go from that to being like, hey, we're gonna go, we're gonna you know raise some money and try to figure out how to build like this beautiful bespoke uh, you know a uh, hotel brand like like a lot of people right will turn their garage into an airbnb or a lot of people will buy a second home down the street or in a vacation destination turn that into an airbnb and, and they're great hosts right like that that's very very different than deciding to kind of orient your entire career around this so fill in the gaps for us a little bit like what was it about this particular idea that that felt like a you know the the calling that you were destined to to answer yeah that's yeah so my my former career was uh qa software engineering so i am a person who uh obsesses over details and <laughs> wants everything to be perfect and i'll i'll poke holes in everything um i'm usually the one that finds all the issues with my phone and uh, all that. And, and I think seeing, um, uh, what others really have done. Like I, you, Isaac French is, is one example. There's, there's literally dozens now that have done these amazing things. Yeah. And I saw that and just was inspired, um, by so many from, from here, this very podcast as well as just like, Oh, that's stunning. And yeah. I, the, the one thing that kind of drove me to think like, Oh, I, I would love to do a little more. Like mm. what, what's the little difference? Um, I love the high touch approach of, um, service, customer yeah. service. Yeah. Uh, and I really, that kind of motivated and drove Melissa and I to, take the steps. And, and some of that comes from, um, 
our whole jump out of corporate into actually e-commerce, which we also fell into that. But I think because we built this other company, it kind of established a courage, if you will, mm. of, well, we've, we've made one step. Why don't we try another? And we thought if no one invests, then there's nothing to do. And, yeah. and we just had the Airbnb and we're happy and that's it. But we, that's not, that's not the story. We did, um, secure initial investment, which was, it's, it's all kind of tied together in that, uh, initial jump out of corporate. So, yeah. So, and, and just to give a little context to the listener. So you were at, if by the uh, internet stocking serves me correctly, you were at Calendly, uh, for, for a bit. And then you and your wife started a, an e-com brand, um, called, uh, Cedar and Inc. Is that, is that correct? Okay, so did yeah. you? So, 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 what what is the story there? Because it sounds like the, it sounds like the launching of Cedar and Inc. really gave you guys a little bit of of um, uh, you know, some practice, right, in a totally different kind of business from your respective corporate careers. Uh, you know, you got a taste of what startup life was like, right? Uh, and, and but but help us understand how that connects to then deciding. You know what? Like, we really like hospitality. What if we were to go and Build a hotel brand, right? So, so uh, what w- what was it about your experience with Cedar and Inc. that um that spurred this idea? Yeah. So the the one major part of that was getting good coaching, mm. and that was probably jumping out of corporate life where you're kind of like thinking of your W two numbers and all that. Yeah. Um, entrepreneurialism, I feel like, has opened the floodgates of spend as much money as you can to invest in yourself and the company <laughs> as responsible as as responsibly as you possibly can. And yeah. we spent some big numbers on joining an incubator um, in e-commerce that has a great track record, great leadership. And that really like getting that coaching um, kind of beaten the business model. Like, what are you doing? Do you have this? Don't you? Ha- why don't you have this? Yeah. I mean, they weren't harsh. It was phenomenal. And that really bolstered our confidence, which they had us do a couple pitches. And that's really where I built up. And I said, Hey, uh, I know what I'm thinking of with thin spaces isn't e-commerce, but would you guys mind if I pitched it? Um, cause they have an internal VC (laughs) that they were like, sure. You know, now I didn't, we, we actually have a friend that I sent the pitch to. And right before I was going to send the pitch to the coaching group, my friend actually said, Hey, how about I cut to the chase and I'll provide initial investment needed. Wow. Um, so that it's, it's not a normal, like, you know, we grinded forever. Yeah. I mean, we did plenty of work, but that, you know, was a, a blessing for sure. Yeah. Um, and that that really obviously gave confidence. We were like, "All right, let's go find some land. Yeah. Um, let's start this whole journey." So, yo, friends, I want to interrupt this episode for just a few minutes to share this quick story with you. So, unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably heard me talk about Minoan, a completely free platform to purchase everything that you need for your short-term rental. 
Well, the Minoan team has been a huge, huge supporter of Behind the Stays, and so I asked them if I could interview a few of their customers to get the inside scoop on their honest thoughts about the platform, and they agreed. So have a listen to the following quick story to better understand how Minoan works, how it compares to other offerings in the space, and why so many STR owners and operators trust Minoan to help them furnish their Airbnbs. All right, Maddie. So I want to hear the story behind how For the Love of Upstate began. Can you take us back to to the beginning of this, this brand that you've built? Yeah, yeah. So back to the beginning of my Airbnb story in general. Um, So I started with rental arbitrage, worked my way up to save for down payment on a house in Big Bear. We ran that for one winter and then decided to sell it because the real estate market was crazy and we got an (laughs) offer we just couldn't refuse. But then I had this idea of creating a brand of short-term rentals that was consistent and luxury and just like a reliable experience for travelers. And so we were looking for an area that would basically like accept that business model. So it had to be an area that wasn't super saturated, but it also had to have enough deals where we could buy multiple properties um, and not create our own competition. So we came to upstate New York um, to visit and to look at properties and we just like fell in love. Like it was the most beautiful place. It's like neon green here in the summer. It's beautiful in the fall. The winter is fun. So it just seemed like the perfect area for us to build this company. Um, So the portfolio so far is a combination of rental arbitrage, properties we own, properties investors own, properties we own with investors. So we've been able to grow using multiple different methods of financing and partnerships. Um, And we're just at the beginning. We've only really been operating since the beginning of this year. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, First and foremost, congrats on on that growth from an idea to to where you're at today in just a couple of years. I want to talk to you a little bit about Minoan because I know that they've been a part of of your story and a a part of what you're you're building. What was it that was attractive to you about their offering? I think the first time I heard about Minoan was through social media. Okay. Um, So like we followed each other, would comment on each other's posts, and then that moved to the DMs. I kind of kind of got to know their team before I even knew what the product was or what they were offering. And then eventually hopped on a call with Sage, who is amazing. Um, and she walked me through the platform and what the possibilities were. What caught my eye at first was the ability to have a shoppable property because it was something that I had played around with before. Um, but it was very attractive that they already had the infrastructure built so mm. I could piggyback of, off of what they built, but still accomplish what we were looking to do. So that's what first drew us in. And then second, like once we saw the product discounts, we were like, oh, this is a no brainer. Part of the ethos of For the Love of Upstate is having more luxury goods, um, nicer furniture, better amenities, nicer supplies. And using Minoan allows us to have those luxury items while still justifying to investors why we're spending on them. So a $5,000 couch is still a $5,000 couch, but we might have gotten it for $3,500. It was a game changer for us. Um, And I went so crazy at first, like bought all the nicest things. And those are the things that guests notice, the things that I bought on Minoan that I spent extra on, but in reality saved on are the things that the guests really like, like nicer mattresses, beautiful couches, snag appliances. Um, They've made all the difference and the guests totally notice. And then the customer service is just like next level. A huge part of setting up an Airbnb is going through the inventory and seeing what's damaged or what didn't get there or what you changed your mind about. 
And that was like used to be my least favorite part of the entire process, like printing out labels and scheduling pickups and driving to FedEx to the point where I just sometimes wouldn't do it. I'd be like, whatever, we'll keep it. We'll put it in the garage. <laughs> um, but Manoa makes it so easy. Like I just email them a picture. I'm like, hey, the TV's broken. And they reply with like, hey, here's the label. FedEx will be here at this time. Tell us where you leave the box. Um, and it has just been so, so easy. My last question for you, Maddie, is, is about, you know, what's next for, for the Love of Upstate? What does the next year to, to two years look like for you all? Yeah, yeah. The next year we're really focused on growing in upstate New York. Um, we have five properties that are either up and running or under construction. Um, but we're kind of now moving like rapid fire speed on acquiring more and more properties because we have investors ready to deploy with us. And then I think after a year or so continuing to grow up here, we would love to expand into another area, like for the love of whatever that may be. Because mm. um, my partner and I, we love moving around. We've always moved to where Airbnbs are. So I think that continuing to grow our business in upstate New York and then choosing a new area will be really fun for us. If folks who are listening to this conversation just want to learn a little bit more about you and, and follow your story, what's the best way for them to do so? Yeah, on Instagram, we are at Skylar and Maddie. And on TikTok, we are at Maddie and Skylar. We couldn't get the same one on both. <laughs> I love it. Well, Maddie, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. All right, folks. So you just heard about how great Minoan is. And again, it is totally free. So as soon as this episode is over, head on over to the link in the show notes below and create your free Minoan account. And when you do so, be sure to tell them that Zach from Behind the Stays sent you their way. All right, guys, back to the episode we go. What was the initial pitch? Like what, like when you, when you look back at that deck now, right? Um, what, what was the, what was the offering? Like what, what was the, this friend of yours actually investing in? Yeah. So thin spaces is an homage. The name itself is an homage to, an Irish Celtic kind of Catholic thing, if you will, which is a thin place. Mm. Uh, a thin place on earth is where the veil between heaven and earth is thinned. And that yeah. just is such a striking visual to me. And, mm. and that's, I think that's what we see everyone trying to do. And I think that's great. We need to get more time out in nature, out in space, um, with people like yeah. with our significant others with our friends like we need to connect and that really makes a huge impact and i think that's what i drove with from a a vision perspective but i based a lot of like the value on like i've already said like isaac french was kind of sharing he was sharing pnls on twitter and yeah. stuff which is great <laughs> like he's so vulnerable and i love that and it really i was like wow we there's some clear numbers here that this yeah. is very effective. So that was what I packaged um, in the pitch. And, you know, there's probably, I'll probably look back at that, you know, in like a year and be like, oh my gosh, that was the worst thing I've ever put together in my life. But <laughs> that's kind of, you go for it, take, take the risks and, and keep trying. So, you know, you know, what's really funny is first of all, I love the name. I love the brand it's there's there's so much like layer to it and i lo i love that it's like you know rooted rooted in you know spirituality it's rooted in something that you know is is core to you and and, and your wife and your your uh your history your careers in in, in ministry right uh and, and yet it's it's just 
it it makes sense in and of itself as well. Uh, you you it, it it provides this uh this like magical uh, spiritual almost like ethereal like feeling right when you even just hearing the words right. Um, and so it, beautiful brand like uh, like very very well done as a, as like a brand person. Um, I just major kudos. Uh, but but what one of the things that's really interesting right is that there are I feel like this whole contingency of entrepreneurs who are coming into hospitality people like isaac french right uh, and, and many others I, th I think about like john andrew from from wander who's doing something very very uh you know similar and like just investing in beautiful like high-end like gorgeous spaces but again with this like greater purpose of trying to kind of like bring the outdoors in which you know den outdoors is another really good example of this like there's there are these entrepreneurs that i think are 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 actually many of them from tech right originally and now and now they're coming in and they're building like physical products right and they're they're building like literal spaces where people can connect and and yeah. i think a lot of that quite frankly is just that there's this hunger from all of us for experiences like this especially in this in in the world of of generative ai where so much of of what we do and know is you know, automatized is, 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 is digital, right? Uh, I think there are incredible blessings that come from that for sure. But right. I, I think all of us in our own way, like our, our souls are, are, are yearning for something like greater. And so maybe that's why you're seeing this kind of like influx of entrepreneurs say, Hey, I'm really good at solving problems. Here's a big problem that I see. I want to go and I want to be inspired again, quite frankly, and 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 I, I, being inspired again via my laptop is is just difficult. Like via my iPhone is it's just not the same, and therefore, like I feel like there are a bunch of like hoteliers like popping up, like the next generation of hoteliers. So, anyways, that that that's a little bit of an aside, but it, it's just interesting, right, to hear more and more of, of, of people like you who've got a background working in technology, uh, venturing off in, into this space. From what I can tell, you have no like professional hospitality experience. It's not like you started your career, you know, working at like Marriott or something like that. Uh, and so, uh, you know, what what do you think it is about this space right now that is seemingly so attractive to lots of different kinds, you know, uh, of people? Right, Isaac French. You know, his grandfather was a, a builder, like. But but still, he's he's pivoted himself himself into sort of like the hospitality business, which is which is related, but you know maybe a cousin, uh, uh, you know, but 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 still distinct in and of itself. So, like, what from your observation is like happening right now to encourage, you know, average like people deciding that they're going to go build these really like quite frankly like asset heavy, uh, labor intensive right bespoke experiences yeah that's a that's a great question i think from my perspective especially coming from calendly i i just like that was a phenomenal experience to see uh i can't speak to everything but i have been in other older tech companies um and uh calendly had a phenomenal tech stack in mm how engineers could deploy stuff. Hmm. But that being said, I think what is happening in part, especially you mentioning all these tech people coming out is most of us realize like myself, like I can connect and integrate things 
mostly in my sleep. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of people detail like, well, you can take a Perto and put it to a keypad, you know, um, what um, Yale. Um, and yeah. the codes change every time a new guest comes in. Like tech people love that stuff. Yeah. And knowing like we don't have to hope we can make it work. We know we can make it work. Yeah. I think that kind of like, it didn't solve every major problem of going into a different industry, but it, it solved enough hmm. to like entice people to say like, oh, why don't I give it a go? And yeah. there's so many new businesses that have developed because integrations and connectivity um, that I think is only going to increase. I think AI from a utility standpoint is just barely cutting its teeth mm. on what it can do. Um Right now, we've got it doing, compared to what I think it could do, is very fundamental, rudimentary things. Creating yeah. copy, yeah. creating image, like being able to ask it to connect different tools that don't have inherent connections yeah. where it writes. Anyway, I think that's a part of it is we have enough businesses now that have connected the dots for us. And all we have to do is kind of take the puzzle pieces. And I think that's why... There's been a huge drive, at least from that one perspective, me coming from the tech background. I'm sure there's a couple others that I don't know. Like you said, I, I'm new to real estate development and hospitality in general. So I bet there's a ton of other factors, but that one sticks out mostly. But what's really interesting, too, is it's fun to see this kind of like new class of hospitality entrepreneur come up because, and again, you know, I, I should be full disclaimer it's not like i've been doing this forever either and so maybe maybe this has been happening longer than you know i've been aware um but in the last you know year and a half or so since i've had this like podcast and been talking to folks i've even seen this increase uh, exponentially and 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 really what that is is you're seeing a class of folks that are used to being kind of disruptive in a very different context used to breaking things used to like not having to follow convention you're seeing them come into an industry which has historically right been been very like controlled it's been very it's been very sort of like standard right um when you think about hospitality it's one of the oldest industries really like you know people have been you know traveling and and staying in places and serving folks for for forever um and, and there is there is sort of this like almost like magical um uh, feeling right when you walk into a hotel and all of a sudden you're tr treated like the most important person on the you know on planet earth like that feeling is a feeling that we've we've many of us have had for have had for generations right like our, our grandparents felt that our great grandparents felt that right like we feel that and so there is this like historical uh, i don't know like uh caricature of hospitality that i feel like is it maybe maybe it's kind of like romanticized a little bit and, and it's, it's something that like connects us all deeply and yet the industry with respect to how it uses technology, with respect to how it's just kind of like evolved, has been remarkably slow. And so I think it's cool seeing people that are used to moving remarkably fast, many of much of the time because they're, you know, working for venture backed companies and they and they have to move fast. Now now entering this space and saying, but but why is that a rule? Or like why mm. does it have to be that way? Or like why, wait, why can't we, who cares about cost if revenue is up here, right? Like that, yep. these are all sort of like dynamics that I believe to be relatively like new uh, to this industry that, pe that, you know, that people like you, I, I think are, are are coming in and asking these great questions and the answers sure. aren't necessarily 
aren't necessarily like foolproof, right? <laughs> like, and therefore it provides this opportunity for you to build things like thin spaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a great point. That that's that's brilliant insight. Which is funny because I feel like uh, I, I just finished um, reading Horst Schultz's uh, Excellence Wins, mm. and I am uh, I am a thousand percent a um, huge. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Um, I wept reading some parts of it just because wow. it spoke to me in terms of like a the impact of service, um, which is interesting. He, uh, he implemented the policy at Ritz Carlton that, um, $2,000 can be spent on any guest mm. from any staff. And, you know, that's the investors were like, you're insane. Yeah. And it works. It yeah. works because he understands a lot of the data behind it. So he's done a ton of work, but he also starts with the core of customer service, which I think is fantastic. And I, I love seeing how like the new and young and bold yeah. have this idea of like, who, like you said, like who, who cares how much, if the, if the income justifies it, we should spend it. Cause here you have someone who has come from perhaps the older guard. Yeah. I think modeled that perfectly in a way that is, um, the biggest value that I think everybody agrees on is if you're in this space, your goal is customer service. Yeah. Like you, you build, okay. If you do real estate development, that's another thing. But if you're doing hospitality, customer service is the core, yeah. how those guests experience in all kinds of different ways from architecture to, um, amenities to service that's it's customer service. And I think that's, um, such an interesting thing to see the two combine or yeah. Uh, meet. Yeah. What, what, what's what's really interesting too is when you like I am um, working on this this kind of side project thing right now um, that I can talk a little bit more about later. But um, it's based. I'm reading. I've been reading Isidore Sharp's book, and Isidore Sharp right is is the founder of Four Seasons. And you know one one of the things that he talks about that was so disruptive uh, at the time, which which. I think it's so it seems silly, but like it's difficult for us to, you know, we, we humans just have terrible memories. Right. And also, you know, we also haven't maybe maybe many of us weren't even alive when this was a reality. But, you know, hotels used to like not have like courtyards and outdoor space and like land landscaping around a hotel like was not necessarily something that people cared too much about. Right. It was really just about like maximizing the number of rooms right, that you could have in a space, et cetera. And one of the things that that uh, Issy Sharp did like really well is he came in and he's like, no, 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 like we are going to like prior, we're going to spend like as much on the exterior as as the interior. And so like if you go to like any Four Seasons today, uh, uh, you can you can tell that they've just invested in a ton of money in like their courtyards and in their landscaping. And his his whole thing was like we want people to feel like they are connected to the to the outdoors, right? Like that that was like a priority of his, which wasn't wasn't the case for like many hotel brands at the time. And so and I think a lot of that ha has shifted. But I bring that up because it's interesting. People like you, people like Isaac, right? People, you know, like John Andrew from Wander and, and loads of others. I think about the folks at Hinter. I don't know if you know Emily and Mauricio from from Hinter. They're they're great examples of this. It, it's almost like the same thing of like, huh, okay, wait, how do we connect people to the outdoors, but give them like incredible, comfortable uh, amenities to 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 enjoy it by. How do we right like create a space that is thin, right, between the outdoors and the indoors, but 
but right um that, that that still feels distinct and and anyways it's just interesting to see this next generation of of hospitality entrepreneur almost sort of take what issy sharp was was in, interested in and and believed to be true and take it to the next level yeah 100 percent um, well, I guess we should talk a little bit more about. Uh, I sh- we should stop pontificating about you know the the future and like reminiscing about great legends of the past and, and talk a little bit more about about thin spaces. So your guys's first concept, your 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 sort of initial concept is uh, is a micro resort if I if I'm not mistaken called called Cyprus. Is that correct? That's right. Okay. So what can you tell us about Cyprus? Yeah. So we'll start with the with the land that. That actually took, um, especially being being new, the 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 parcel was only it's forty eight acres, okay, and it has um, a uh, the waterfall's name is Paget Falls. Hmm. Uh, it it's been in a family for almost several generations and has never really fully been developed. Um, the land is just stunning and mm. it was on the market for all of 15 days. Um, we saw the land put an offer that night, um, and, and went from there. But, um, it's really based around this, this waterfall is about, it's got like two major drops, but total 50 foot drop. And it's, it is just absolutely stunning Wow! from a development construction standpoint. It's insane because there's not many, proper gorge like geography in the Appalachian. Yeah. But this is that. And so we have a couple build challenges, but that's that's the juxtaposition is easy building is boring landscape. Hard building is usually in the really dramatic. And and that's what we've kind of settled into. Our structures are um we we fully went away from prefab and decided to go with a, an architectural group and a civil engineering group helping us kind of lay this out and structure it. Um, and it's, it's been, we are, we've, we're in the middle of permitting right now and everything is going very well. We, we actually rezoned the land, um, which was a huge effort in and of itself, especially for newbies. Um, I think if, if I had gone back, I would have told myself not to do that, but we didn't know. So I'm glad we didn't um, because we've learned a lot of good stuff about how to navigate with local municipalities and, and team conflict and all kinds of phenomenal stuff. And the sorry, going back to yeah. the individual units, we're starting very small. OK, the overall property will have 22 dwelling residences, if you will, bookable. And then at our definition of micro resort, which is fine. There's all kinds of difference, but ours is emphasizing deconstructing the resort. Hmm. Cause normally you have these huge structures that are amazing. And normally the amenities are packed and concentrated. Um, for 48 acres, we will have over 10 different structures having different, um, you can call them, I've heard it called micro experiences. Hmm different structures they will be completely different um experiences um like a like a 200 square foot all glass library Hmm. looking over the walls just two really nice seats some bookshelves 
gourmet tea station and that's it. You know, we really want to focus people's ability to, you have to walk to it. Um, But if you don't want to, that's okay. The, the units are one that's, we kind of took all the lessons, you know, I I heard Isaac say like, I wish I had done King beds Well, Mm. we're doing King beds. So thank you, Isaac, for teaching. (laughs) Um, So we're really making sure that this hits a lot of what, as we interviewed our ideal guests, we were getting constant feedback on things they like when they travel, when they don't, what they don't, Hmm. especially for either the high net worth frequenters who travel and they've got like a Bonvoy and they go to, you know, St. Regis once a quarter or people who it's their 10 year wedding anniversary and they want to pull out all the stops kind of thing. So, we really did took a lot of time to interview our ideal guests and get a sense of what they value. And that has driven us towards these luxury units where we've got a full kitchen. We have huge floor to glass or floor to ceiling glass. I mean, that's going to be probably the single largest expense, <laughs> but, uh, but you got it. it. You got it. Yeah. When, when you're building something and you're trying to bring the outdoors in, right? Like, that's 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 a must so yeah we're in we're very proud of what what we've got going and we've got uh some things we're sharing we already shared the site plan on social just kind of high level of where we're going um but our first build we're only doing three of the units um because we haven't done this before yeah Uh, so we're going to start there we know that impacts you know guest experience but we'll, we'll do the best we can, um, you know, managing that. And I've got a lot of plans and strategies around that, but we're going to start there with a front desk concierge and that'll be only the only four structures to start with. Wow. This is, this is remarkable. Hey guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. Okay, there are a couple things I want to follow up on. One is the library as an amenity. That is that is brilliant. Like talk <laughs> talk about something that like I've never seen, right? Uh, done in sort of like the short term rental space of like being able to leave your little like you know uh, nook, go out for for a good read, right? Like they, when people think about vacation, especially a, a nature immersive vacation, everyone like likes the idea of reading. And like I, I remember, I I always like bring a book and half the time I never even open it unfortunately but like the idea that like you could oh you could go read your book or borrow a book or whatever it is in this very particular setting is 
first of all, just great social content, right? Like just beautiful, like people are going to love it. Number two, it, it just, it reinforces sort of like the, um, almost like, almost like the, the spirit of the place, right? Like, and like what it's all about, right? Like the, the soul, if you will, uh, of, of the micro resort is about relaxing. It is about disconnecting. It is about thinking and reflecting. And when you invest money and resources into creating amenities, that draw that out even more. I mean, talk about talk about just like a brilliant add-on. Um, so I, again, power to you guys. I, are, are there any more you could you could, are there any other sort of like different kind of like unexpected amenities that you could share? Um, I'm trying to think of another one. Um, we have a lot. I've I've made a list of like twenty or thirty that <laughs> I, I I want to do. Yeah. I'm I'm more of the let's do them all. And yeah, my wife tends to do an excellent job of, uh, as the former medical person, she's even more, uh, detail oriented than I am. And she kind of hems me in and be like, let's, let's be more discerning. Yeah. Um, uh, another one would be, um, we have a couple high points on the property. Um, hmm. that what we're looking at is an, an observatory. Wow. Um, where if we can get it above, tree line or kind of move some things around i would love um just having some place where we do like a um you know highest residential grade telescope kind of thing mm. you know just tripod thing yeah but really kind of curate that space make sure that the lighting to it is right because mm. if you're gonna walk to it at night you know you you want to feel safe, relaxed yeah. and safe and you know, and just have like a water cooler again, tea and yeah. two nice seats and as many stinking windows as we can possibly put without, you know, compromising structure integrity, like having that for people to look. Cause I brought the kids to the property um, and we were there at night and they looked at the sky and they were like, Whoa. And my kids have grown up in the city in Atlanta. So yeah, there's not that often they see the stars. And so from honestly, my life, my season of life, I extracted a lot of value of the simplicity of, of children Yeah, and, you know, hitting back to thin spaces. What, what are some fundamental things that like your world's chaos? I need a break. Yeah. Go take a break. All right. I'm sleeping here. Your rhythms in how you wake up and may even connect to the, anxieties that you've brought with so where can you go to fully disconnect is yeah. that maybe like a workout room that yeah again very simple like we're talking yoga mat or two and yeah. a peloton like do you just need to let it out that's the kind of spaces that we want to construct but make them so they're s spread out and separated yeah so that, you know you don't want to process the deeper down stuff with 250 of your favorite stranger friends at the resort <laughs> on the lake. Like it's a great space and it works as a business, but that's why we were not even going to go past the 20 or so units, even if I could. Yeah. Because two reasons, one, the, the people thing. And two, then I can't, I gets, I think it would get beyond the point where I could like tailor attention. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I'm observing is millennials have driven luxury resort like vacationing to I want luxury, but I want it my way. Yeah. I want it special. I want it unique. 
And I've heard that said before. And I just, I'm sold out on that and really want to invest um, in the people that stay. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I, I'm like feeling all the feels as you're talking. This is great. Like this is, I really do think you guys are, you guys are scratching um, a, a, a real need here. Last minute cancellations suck. And that's why we built Ping. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest, and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form, and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. How are you thinking about like food and beverage and stuff? Because I think one of the things that is difficult about some of these, um, you know, these locations, and I've talked to several friends who uh, are are building some things, and I think this is this is a challenge, right? Is like how how do you give how do you make sure people have like good dining options and are good food to to complement this like incredible space that they're staying in? How are like how far are restaurants and bars and you know grocery stores from 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 where Cypress is being developed? Um, and then like how are you guys thinking about the, the food and beverage challenge? Yeah, that's a great question. So we we kind of broke it into like two or three kind of, I would say two major things is kind of how we're starting off first small. Yeah. And then how we plan to build out more traditional. Um, so the starting small would be, there is actually um, a, a standard um very traditional grocery store opening up like there's already one that's four minutes away okay but there's another one coming in so more options is better the downtown is about eight minutes away oh wow um, okay so that's you know a good distance not a not a huge distance it's a it's a reasonable yeah. drive um and they have great stuff down there um something that i'm spending a lot of time working on is, um, talking with chefs that I know in Atlanta and there's several still popping up now, um, that are doing the, the chef kind of at home yeah. private chef thing. Yeah. And so that's one of the things that I'll be, that I am looking at partnering is having, um, trying to make it, make that an economical deal for, a private chef company to have, we'll, we'll do somewhat like a more fixed menu, if you will. Um, just to simplify, um, I think too many options sometimes yeah. can paralyze people. And it's like, I just left my life of complication. I don't need 90 food choices. I want like <laughs> two or three. That's why weddings only have like two yeah. or three options when, when you're a guest. And so that's where, we're probably going to aim and, and maybe cycle it seasonal, mm. you know, make sure that, is this what the chef loves? And, and again, like focusing on 
bringing the chef and that's a part of the the units is it will be a chef um a chef grade kitchen wow. um not like restaurant style but that's kind of where we'll aim yeah uh, and then later we do have plans and we've we've talked with the county to let them know like if this continues uh, and and everything that we plan and vision for Cyprus and for thin spaces, Cyprus specifically, um, we do plan to put more than one restaurant on the property. Wow. They won't be big. Um, and we're not even sure if we would have it open to the public, but being able to have that is obviously an important thing yeah. for people. Um, yeah. So that's something that we are planning to have a part of a later phase but uh it'd be uh, cool it'd be cool to do sorry yeah it'd be cool to do like um like i'm thinking about some cool like restaurant concepts that i've seen where that you know it's it's almost like a seasonal test kitchen where you take an up-and-coming chef right from atlanta you say hey for you know these two months will you operate here and it's you know uh, uh, i don't know it's steaks and seafood and then it's you know it's asian cuisine then it's you know italian whatever it might be mexican and like doing something like that it, it, one it totally aligns with this whole like you know startup like next gen like hospitality brand but then it also gives guests like different choices it helps the local community right it helps these these chefs who are trying to test hey like i want to refine my dishes before i open my own restaurant like there, there's so many it's it's again once again pretty pretty layered but doing something like that would be incredible and i, I haven't seen you know i haven't seen something like that done in, in a hospitality context um uh, you know outside of a you know more traditional hotel so that that would be interesting the other thing i was going to say is um um oh gosh uh, oh your units the fact that you're starting with like three to to start out with i actually think is a brilliant idea uh, as, as opposed to being like hey like let's wait till we have 15 20 to launch and and yeah. the, one of the reasons i think it's a brilliant idea and you and this is probably why you're doing it um is it gives you the opportunity to kind of like test see what's working see what's not be able to like iterate from there ben wolf who i don't know if you know him he um he's from onera yeah and so one of the things he he said to me when when we were working with him on on, on a video he was talking to me a little bit about how he, one of his biggest regrets with with onera fredericksburg which is like the first part of his property he's actually got like an expansion project happening now but like the first eight or ten units or whatever it is that he does have built he said we you know we intentionally we, we intentionally designed these spaces so that they would like look really good in photos and on instagram and, and on social he said but one of the things like we didn't account for was how hard it would be to showcase the insides of the structures like the the exteriors are so you know for lack of a better term insta-worthy but but inside it's really they're really nice like units but it's actually really hard to shoot because of just the, the size of them like he's got a spyglass it's hard to shoot a spyglass he's got this cool like monarch butterfly thing the inside is like it, it's just it's 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 difficult right so so literally what he's doing for these next concepts he's like literally what we did is we're like all right we have to be able to shoot in the inside and it has to work well so that is like a, a significant factor in and how they're building their this you know next round of units and anyways all that to say i love yeah. i love what you're doing with starting with three you're going to learn so much and i imagine right growing on growing a brand on social is going to be important to thin spaces and a learning like that right could save you tons and tons of money in the long run yes yes a hundred percent not ben's stuff is phenomenal i i i love like 
following him and seeing all the stuff he's doing. He just a and I think I can't wait to see this expansion because of exa- everything you're saying. Um, but we actually, I, I took time to go stay at several places, both near and far. Wow. Um, just, just because I'd never stayed in a space that was 200 square feet. Yeah. Um, and we learned a lot of stuff cause on that day it was raining cats and dogs and <laughs> that made it hard. It made us realize like, when it's pouring rain and abysmal outside, what do you, you want to be in this space for 48 hours? Yeah, like, yeah. That was tough. Um, you know, that that's not to say like that experience wasn't or, or like the whole, you know, investment that that group did. It, it is great. But for us, yeah, kind of like in, in Ben's, you know, viewpoint as well, like there's, I think there's a good amount of space that you can make and it depends on how many people you want in there. But our units at first, we're, we're only doing the two, one bedroom, king, all the space. And, um, it's actually the, the, the units themselves are about 800. I think it's going to land at like 840 square feet. Wow. Um, and that's the one bedroom we do have sketches nothing final of two and three bedroom um and and we still have to flesh all that stuff out but um they're very modern compared compared to the rest of uh north georgia um (laughs) so that's certainly i i think we have more uh architectural friends over on the west coast than we do over on the east coast but i think that's a part of what we um like you're bringing up like chefs that experiment like yeah. i think there are people who want that yeah um they just don't want to build their home super modern but maybe they'll stay in one and i think like we've done a good job to not uh make it excessively um modern like yeah. we didn't do anything crazy like you know a massive hobbit door or something wild that yeah. was a little like yeah. <laughs> shocking for people um but we did do some things that are that might be a little out of comfort zone, but I think, I think we've made the right, we've struck the right balance between the two. Yeah. Why, uh, why the name Cypress? Um, really, we, I think we went too complicated for a while there and, okay. and, you know, uh, to, to reemphasize, make, make sure for, for all the listeners, make sure that you get, experts to to help you like it costs but it's very worth it and we got a brand designer for our for cypress's logo and brand as a whole um so worth it um so so worth it um we just felt like as we reviewed luxury resorts as a whole yeah um simpler and and not as loud yeah was, was better and um, I heard it said from a, a brilliant marketer that's, that's actually working with us now. Um, she said, when you're luxury, you don't have to yell about it. Hmm. And I think that's very much so the essence of what we we are going to drive hard with um, for Cyprus as our flagship resort. Because, um, yeah, that... As much as I want virality yeah. and direct bookings, um, I will uh, work very hard to keep our 
our brand and our our resort um in that kind of quieter space if you will um because i think that's what a lot of people want when they want to relax yeah yeah oh gosh that's uh that that's that's so deep and 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 so well thought through it actually reminds me of um a question i asked john andrew who's the the founder at at wander and for for those who might not be aware, I've talked about Wander a lot on this podcast, but Wander's actual portfolio is is like quite small small right now. I think they think they only have like ten or twelve like Wanders um, at, at the moment, right? And they've got this. They've done a really good job with their branding. They, you know, they they seem a lot bigger than they actually are, but they really only have like ten or twelve units. And so I was asking I was asking him about that and like saying like, hey man, like you know, you guys have some nice money behind you. Um, why why haven't you like expanded faster? And, you know, that that's that's a goal of theirs, obviously. But one of the things he said that really struck a chord with me is he said, you know, we really want to get each wander right. Like we're building he's like, we're building a brand that we hope will last forever. And mm. when when kind of like forever is your roadmap, forever is your horizon, like there, there's no rush. Right. <laughs> and, and he was saying, like, if we if we don't get every single element of like the wander brand right if if people if we have a beautiful brand you know uh, on social media and whatnot but but the actual experience is anything less than perfection he's like we're trying to we're trying to basically have a distributed hotel like that's that is his like vision right and he's like and if we don't get that right like nothing else matters and so he's like you know it's been really hard for our uh, yes our investors are like come on man like let's go faster right um (laughs) but he's like but he's you know they've been doing like i think one every like month or two um and he said you know we're we're gearing up to kind of scale that to you know a few a month but um but we have to we have to get every single one right and like Anyways, that commitment to excellence is, I think, something that you seem to share. It's definitely something that I know Isaac shares, and in this this whole again class of entrepreneurs that are coming into the space, that I think are are is just wildly impressive. Is like this this like unapologetically like like bullishness around around perfection, um, and, and I really do think we're entering into a world where quality really is finally like going to trump quantity uh in, in all sectors but I, I really think we're going to start seeing this in the short-term rental space yeah i i think because it can only last so long um how many times does your market get saturated and then everyone has stayed at a super hyper tiny space yeah. and the drawer doesn't open because it hits something in in the room <laughs> that experientially is not pleasant um and if you stack enough of those it's exactly what you're mentioning with wander is is it's it's no good and and i you're so right i I think it's so exciting that these people all these young entrepreneurs like myself ourselves is just going for it whereas like there are companies that have entire divisions (laughs) dedicated to like spatially analyzing like hundreds thousands of units and hotels as a whole and it's it's just amazing and and exciting and 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 then all those hotels and resort companies have divisions that look for the wanders and the live oak lakes and the and the cypresses and they want to 
either put them in their portfolio or partner with them. And I, I love that. Like, yeah. it's so exciting to see like people are like, oh, you guys did a great thing. Way to take a good, like, I just love that. That's yeah. it's such an exciting space. Well, because it, it's also, it's also because it, it requires so much more upfront work. It's not like building, you know, a, a little SaaS tool, right? Like it, it's, you, you guys are, are it costs a ton of money to do this. Like this is not a bootstrappable like endeavor uh, for, for most people at least, right? Uh, yes. And, and I, I think like that is, that 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 is why it's impressive, right? And that is why like it's, it, it it's a huge risk, um, but 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 I think you know you guys are you guys are making you guys are t- taking risks in the right direction, and I think you don't need to even look any further than just how I would presume you like to travel, how I know I like to travel, how I know my friends like to travel, which is like like what you said earlier, like millennials they want luxury, but they want it on their terms. Like for me, I'm happy to spend a lot at a hotel like because that's what my wife and I we value travel, we value food, like you know we value experiences, but. I actually much prefer to stay at like a wander if I could for close to the same price point as some of these finer hotels, right? And like that, that, that is, that is absolutely, and what I'll do is I'll stay longer because I'll work for a couple days, my wife will work for a couple days, and then we'll take a few days off. And so like th- this, this whole model of travel has just shifted so much as I think one millennials earning power just increased, but then also obviously just like remote work, right? And like the, how that has just fundamentally changed everything. So now is the time I think to take these big risks in, in developing new experiential hospitality concepts. And it's just really exciting to see folks like you, like, you know, swinging for the fences. Um, cause, cause I, I really do think, um, it's, it's, it's the time. Yeah. Thank you. We're, we're having a blast. Like it's <laughs> such a, it probably wasn't the, the perfect timing and, and alignment of season of life. Like we have young kids and it's like, maybe we should have done this when we didn't have kids, but, um, <laughs> it's, it's, we're making it work and it's, it's a lot of fun. I think this is by far the most, uh, I'll speak for myself, um, the most exciting career I've had, yeah. and it's just getting started. Yeah. So. Jeez, man. Well, hey, I am so thankful for, for your time, Tanner, and I just really appreciate you given everything that you do have going on, um, taking time to chat with us. And it's fun to actually chat really early in the process because a lot of times we're, we're talking with folks who, you know, have mm-hmm. built the thing already, right? And it's it's up and running and we can ask some more concrete questions, but it's, it's, it's especially exciting to talk to somebody who's really early on, but who has like a very clear vision. They bought the land, they've got a very clear vision for what they want to do. So we'll have to check in in, you know, a, a few months, six months, whenever it is, uh, and, and get an update. My my last question for you is like when when do you guys expect? I know this is like the million dollar question, but like when do you guys expect Cyprus to to be live? Yeah, well, I just want to say, Zach, thanks for having me, and it is such a pleasure to to be here. I feel very honored, um, and I love your podcast. By the way, I've oh, been thank ever you. since Isaac. I was like, what? I missed this. So now <laughs> I'm like going backwards and listening to all of your stuff from the past. Phenomenal. Um, our expected live, we're planning right now June 2024. Okay. So we've got the wheels moving. <laughs> Very exciting. Very exciting, man. Well, hey, thank you so much for your time. For our listeners, I'll have uh, links to Tanner's social profiles, uh, the uh, Thin Spaces website, which I believe um, is, or is it just the Cypress website right now? Anyway, the, I'll link all the websites that are live. I just signed up for the wait list, by the way, Tanner. So I'm officially on the wait list for when you guys, you know, open up uh, reservations. And listeners, I would encourage you to you to do the same. But um, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Tanner, thanks so much for your time. 
Thank you, Zach. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe. Um, And thanks in advance. All right, everyone. See you next time.